If you are in the 81% of aspiring authors out there, stop aspiring and start writing with Readsy. Readsy allows indie authors to find and work with the best publishing professionals, from developmental editors to book cover designers to publicists. Just sign up for an author profile, browse the extensive marketplace of professionals, find the best fit for your project, and set a collaboration in motion. And with built-in contracts, protection, and mediation from Readsy, finding qualified freelancers, editors, designers, and marketers as a self-published author just got a lot easier. Go to readsy.com today to sign up and set your first collaboration in motion. That's R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com. Honestly, it all stems from just creative fear. I still don't really understand how I do it. I fear not being perfect. That sort of story is inspirational to a lot of wannabe writers out there who feel they have a book in them but are living a totally different life at the moment. I'm watching these students who are given their absolute all, pursuing this creative profession, and they're not held back by fear. Taking a book the whole nine yards, from an idea in your head to words on a page, from a scribble on a napkin to a listing on Amazon, that's easier said than done. But it's also easier than you'd think. I'm your host, Casimir M. Stone, and this is Readsy's Bestseller, the podcast demystifying the process of self-publishing a book for aspiring novelists everywhere, one episode at a time. This is our Season 2 Prologue, In Your Dreams. Dream is a polysemic word. In other words, its meaning changes drastically depending on the context. If you just got the job of your dreams, there's a good chance you are currently sitting back on the couch, pouring yourself a generous glass of your go-to drink and calling your mom. But if you could only ever get that job in your dreams, well, you might be doing the same thing, but the tone would be decidedly different. So in other other words, polysemes, such as dream, will either trip writers up or give them an amazingly flexible tool to create with. They can be a dream or a nightmare depending on, you know, the context. Being a writer for many of us is the job of our dreams. Ask a kid what they want to be when they grow up, and there's a good chance you'll hear author in there, along with firefighter or astronaut. At least, that much was true for Jen Falls. According to my mother, I have been writing stories pretty much since I could write um, at an early age, and in fact... I want to say she sent me some of these stories. And uh, and so this is back, you know, second grade, first, second grade were my very first stories that I started writing. Jen, a.k.a. Bella Falls, is the author of the Southern Charms Cozy Mystery Series. She's amazingly prolific. The first book of the series was published in January of 2018, and she's already on her fourth, with many more planned. And in hardly a year, she's already found a dedicated audience, with hundreds of five-star ratings on Amazon and thousands on Goodreads. Oh, and great American novels literally run her blood, too. I will say that we do have some author lore in our family. My, on my mom's side, we're supposedly related to Herman Melville, author of Moby Dick. On my dad's side, we're supposedly related to Edgar Allan Poe. Wow. And that, when I, I remember I was, I don't know, what they call middle school, it was junior high for me back then. My dad gave me a collection of his, his stories and that completely changed 
my way of thinking and because supposedly I had this author in the family, I remember reading his stuff and thinking, oh my gosh, he's so wonderfully weird. I would love to write like him. And that was kind of my first thoughts of really thinking about, you know, what kind of writer I would ever want to be. But like with most dream jobs, there came a time for Bella when it started to feel like writing was only in her dreams. I wrote pretty much all the way through school, although in high school, it became more of a clandestine uh, hobby. Don't tell anybody that I can do this. Not as cool in high school. No, not in, not even remotely. I ran away from it in college uh, completely. And when I finally figured out that I did love literature, I went the opposite route and decided to study literature, not as for writing purposes, but for teaching purposes. So I did graduate with an English degree, which you can't do much with. Um, and at the time, I uh, followed the the man I was dating in college uh, down to Florida, and he ends up being, uh, I get a happy ever after, he ends up being my husband, and he uh, is a Navy man. So my life pretty much almost immediately takes me for, away from my home state of North Carolina, and I go on an adventure uh, across the world <laughs> for the next 20 some odd years. Um, it took me a while because uh, I did not have an education degree immediately. So when he, when we got stationed in Washington, Washington State, I went back and got my teaching certificate, but did not get my first teaching job until we moved to Naples, Italy. And my, my first teaching job was at uh, Naples American High School on the base in, in Naples, Italy and still remains one of my favorite jobs. I got completely spoiled. And I think if I had stayed in that job forever, I might still be a teacher and not be a writer. But I had two dreams. One was, well, I'd really like to write. My other dream was, well, I think I'd like to move into teaching at the college level. So when we moved to Virginia, I pursued teaching at the college level. As kids, our imaginations are endless, and writing is simply a logical way to exercise them, a literal blank canvas you can scribble anything you want onto. But at some point, that endlessness starts to feel almost heavy. When you have the ability to write anything under the sun, and the only limit is you, it can be hard or daunting to actually start. It's a lot easier to take a safe approach and write within boundaries. I would slip in for certain assignments. I would slip in... Uh, you know, a, a short story or uh, an epic. I remember one time I wrote an epic poem, and I think it was for chemistry. Or to simply not write anything at all. I fear not being perfect. Guess writing itself then is something of a polyseme, a dream, and a nightmare. I think honestly that it it, it all stems from just creative fear. Now, even if you're lucky enough to never be discouraged by fear of failure or writer's block, being an author is, or at least was, a dream job in other aspects. Not every kid who likes space or wants to be an astronaut gets hired by NASA, and writing had a similarly stringent gatekeeper, the trade publishing industry. I discovered I did not enjoy teaching at the collegiate level like I thought I would, um, and I gave up uh, pursuing a PhD that was going to be the plan 
Um, and right after I stopped, I got my master's degree and I stopped, I sat there and said, well, what am I going to do? So I knew that I wanted to write fantasy because that's, I mean, that is first and foremost, my entryway to words was fantasy through Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. The other side of it was, I was pretty sure at the time I wanted to write young adult fantasy. And that has always been on the cusp of self-publishing. It's been the one market that really and truly traditional publishing tends to do better with. So that was why I still had my toes in in going to conferences that had the pitch um, uh, opportunities. And I think I pitched one or two of the pieces that I had written. And both of them I would get to the point of sending a couple chapters and then you'd hear nothing. Last season, we talked about how something like 81% of people have a story that they dream of one day publishing as a book, but only a tiny fraction of them ever do. This is a sad reality. But then again, when you look at the history of the publishing industry, it's not exactly surprising. I paid for a workshop with a literary agent where you crafted a query letter, and he was reading out these letters, and within one or two sentences, he'd toss them on the floor and say, well, I wouldn't do that because I, I wouldn't read, I wouldn't read the rest of that because, and I all of a sudden realized that our hopes and dreams to an extent were subjective to whoever happened to be reading it that day. And if they didn't have their coffee that morning or they stubbed their toe or their significant other broke up with them, something that happened personally to them could affect whether or not they even read my query letter. And it was that day that it clicked in my head was like, I don't think I'm going to be pursuing traditional publishing anymore. I think I'm going to go indie all the way. We also talked last season, in Chapter 3 specifically, about the historical precedents for self-publishing, from Tristram Shandy to the Vanity Press. The self-publishing we talk about these days isn't a thing of the past, though. Rather, it's an industry of the future. And it was about that time that there was a shift in, pub- in the publishing world. In 2007, Amazon released the Kindle, one of the first-ever e-readers. At the same time, they launched their digital text platform, now known as Kindle Direct Publishing, or KDP, a service that allows authors to upload their manuscripts directly to a marketplace where millions of readers can access them immediately at the touch of a button. Ten years later, in 2017, over one million self-published books were released, almost 30% more than the year before. The industry shows no signs of slowing down, and it's an industry that Jen Falls knows well. I had messaged one of the big indie authors at the time, um, Deborah Geary, and had, I, I think I had just wrote her a fan mail, email saying, you know, I really enjoy your stories. I love how you've crafted them, kind of talked a bit, a, a bit about it. And I think I sent her maybe a couple of, you know, oh, you have a couple errors and here they are. And, you know, I hope that's okay. And she wrote me back and said, hey, I like how you articulate yourself. Would you like to be my assistant? And this was the days where not nobody had virtual assistants. So what she wanted from me was someone to run her, her, her Facebook page and to handle her emails on her behalf so she could sit there and do all the writing. Um, and and these were, this was so early days that uh, some of the bigger names like Hugh Howie. More on him later. Were asking her, okay, 
how does that relationship work? How do you set it up? You know, um, and I remember having a conversation with, uh, per email with Hugh, because he was like, what, what should I expect from a virtual assistant? So th- that's how early days I was, I was involved uh, in, in, in right what I like to call the golden age. <laughs> Where it's a small pond, it's it's a small pool of authors, and it was a, a time of where we felt like we were being rebellious, and the readers felt like they were helping us rebel, and so they loved knowing that you were an indie author, and they wanted to to buy your stuff, and um, because then they were helping out this indie author that was going against the system that was currently set up. Today, it's easier than ever for writers to share their stories with the world. Being an author was once like being an astronaut, in your dreams. Now, it's more like being a firefighter. Not easy, but if you care enough to put in the time, it's a great way to achieve the job of your dreams. But, of course, that's still easier said than done. You've got like great American novelist blood running in your veins. Why why did you decide to make that pivot away from writing and and towards literature? I think my and and this is going to be a common theme with me. I fear not being perfect. And there's a fear of my creativity being judged. So I also grew up as a musician. I was a classically trained pianist as well. And one of the things that I had a hard time with was criticism of my piano playing. And if I couldn't play it perfect, the first time I'm sitting down to play it, and I'm not kidding, I would sit there, if I would sight read it and I couldn't play it perfect, I didn't want to play it. And I think that goes with my writing too. If it wasn't perfect the first time, I didn't want to write it. And I knew that the creative writing program in college was so difficult because you had to keep working on the craft. And my thought in my head was, if it's not perfect the first time I do it, then I don't want to do it. Last season, we followed a debut author who dove headfirst into an industry she knew nothing about. This season will follow Jen Falls, an author who spent years learning the ins and outs of the industry and helping others chase their dreams before finally chasing her own, and eventually turning working writer from a dream job into a career. There was definitely a sense of adventure and um, just possibilities, a wide amount of possibilities in those days. That was, that was definitely in 2012, 2013. And it's yet it was still another five or so years, right? 2017 until you published your uh, current book. What was the turning point when you were involved in the scene, excited with everything that was going on and were just like, you know what? I'm going to be one of these authors too. I think at the time I was uh, understand, I have a, what we call our virtual trunk full of stuff that is either partially written or fully written. And I never put out. I also, (laughs) I love covers and I love brand design. I have so many covers that have never seen the light of day. Sorry, all my designers um, (laughs) that I purchased that I never had the guts to do it. And I really do think it has to do with, oh my gosh, nobody's going to want to read this. It's that self-doubt that I allowed to kind of rule a lot of my decisions in the early days, even though 
I did manage to find a community. So I got to see how things were moving and changing through them, but wasn't brave enough to do it myself. And so it wasn't until I found Cozy Mysteries that I found the key to what combined everything I I love. And that was like light bulb moment for me. Brought to you by Readsy, this is Best Seller. Over the course of this season, we'll follow an indie author's journey from start to finish in five chapters, exploring each step it takes to turn a collection of ideas in your head into a published book. Next up is Season 2, Chapter 1, The People vs. Cozy Mysteries. This episode was written, hosted, and produced by me, Casimir M. Stone. If you liked it, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Our guest for this season is Jen Falls, a.k.a. Bella Falls, author of the Southern Charms Cozy Mysteries series. You can purchase her books on Amazon or on her website at bellafallsbooks.com. And you can follow her on Instagram or Twitter at bellafallsbooks. That's B-E-L-L-A-F-A-L-L-S-B-O-O-K-S. This podcast, like so many self-published books out there, is made possible by Readsy, a marketplace that connects indie authors with the tools that traditional publishing houses would usually provide, such as editors, book cover designers, and publicists. You can learn more about Readsy on Instagram at Readsy underscore HQ, on Twitter at Readsy HQ, or online at R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com.